Hello, you're listening to the BDO Financial Wellness Podcast, and I'm your host, Tara Bellio. There are a lot of questions around credit, how to build good credit, what is a good credit score, and how does it factor into decisions when you go for a loan, and what happens when your credit has been damaged. There are so many questions and so much information to be shared that when I sat down with two of our LITs to discuss this topic, we covered so much that we decided to turn this into a two-part series. In this first part, we're going to talk about credit scores. So let me ask you this question. Have you checked your credit score recently? Maybe requested a copy of your credit report? If you're not checking your credit score because you think it's not important or you find it too confusing, our discussion today will help you out. A good credit history can improve your ability to borrow now and in the future. And there's a very good chance that a potential lender is going to check your credit history. So it's important to understand what contributes to good credit and what results in poor credit. In this episode, I sat down with BDO License Insolvency Trustees Elon Kibble and Michael Comrie, who did a fantastic job of covering the credit score basics and debunking some of the myths about credit reporting. Welcome, Mike and Elon. A lot of people find the whole idea of checking their credit report intimidating and confusing. And there's also a lot of terminology, credit file, credit report, credit rating, credit score, so much credit, credit, credit. Um, So why don't we start with a quick review, kind of a credit 101. Um, So Elon, the section on the credit reports in the BDO Financial Wellness booklet, I think it's page 23 to 28, Uh, has a quick review of the differences between a credit report, credit score, and credit rating. Can you go over that for me? Sure. So um, when we look at these uh, different aspects of your, call it your financial health, um, the different aspects that are going to make that up for when you're applying for uh, loans and applications for credit cards or mortgages, and they use a different section, so credit report, which is generally the full history of who you are, how much credit you have, what kind of loans you've taken out. Then there's the credit score with a lot of people really sort of focus on, and that's really the rating that the credit bureaus do. Uh, you're ranging from 300 to 900, and uh, obviously closer to the 900 that you are. The healthier look to a lender who wants to make a decision, if they lend you the money, are you going to be able to pay that back? And then credit ratings, which um, has another rating system that they've developed from what we call a zero to a nine. uh, And that's all dependent as to whether zero, you've had no credit and a nine, whether you've done like a bankruptcy and your debts uh, need to be written off. So there's various aspects to, I would say your financial health file that you need to look at and be conscious of in when you're making applications for loans or trying to get um, sort of uh, buy um, a home, lease a motor vehicle, rent an apartment. So there's various Mm -hmm. aspects to, I keep saying, your financial health that you need to be aware of. Um, And so all the aspects put together are going to be what is used to determine whether you're a person that somebody or financial institution wants to lend money to. And Mike, what's on your credit report? Like what are, what would you, if you were looking at your credit report, what would you find there? Yeah, so there are <clears throat> common elements. So uh, first thing you'll see when you pull your credit is identifying information. So things like your name, date of birth, SIN address, 
stuff like that. You'll also find your um, employment information. Um, so not necessarily just the most recent, but maybe your prior uh, two or three employment um, uh, positions or situations. You'll also find mm -hmm. uh, what are called your, your sort of credit accounts or your credit information. So Equifax and TransUnion will often refer to these as trade lines. So these are when you first pull out, um, you know, credit uh, for a credit card or, or a loan or a car loan, whatever it may be, it gets recorded under those credit account or credit information section. And you'll find your public records. So things like insolvency filings, uh, proposals, bankruptcies, uh, liens, uh, or um, so secure debts, you'll find things like civil actions or judgments, and you'll also find uh, any uh, debts that have gone to collections, you also find them under public records. Uh, and then uh, not, uh, not last and not least, but you will find inquiries. So those are when you are applying for credits and the agency or the lender, financial institution, whoever it may be, is checking with Equifax or TransUnion for your credit. Those count as inquiries, and you'll also find a, a listing of those on your credit report. I would also just add that when you are thinking about your credit, you should keep in mind there are two nationwide credit reporting agencies in Canada, which is TransUnion and Equifax. And so if you're looking to pull your credit, it would be either or both of those uh, two agencies. Now, um... When we're looking at a credit report, can you said inquiries by creditors. So Elon, can anybody, like do we have to give permission or can anybody put a hit on our credit report? No, you, you, you need to give permission. So they have the terminology of a permissible purpose. So you're giving a creditor or somebody who you're trying to get a loan from or rent an apartment from, you have to give them that permission. Once you've given them that permission, they obviously have the authority to continue um, looking into you and doing checks on you. Obviously, if there's defaults, they want to see where you're at. So you have to give them permission in order to do that. I also wanted to just jump back into, uh, we spoke about what is generally on your credit report. You've when people are reviewing their credit bureaus, they should also be conscious that certain things should not be included in your credit report. So things okay. about your age or ethnicity, religion, marital status, um, salary. So those things should not appear there. And if you are doing a credit report and you see these on there, you need to get that corrected. Um, the two credit bureaus that Mike mentioned, TransUnion and Equifax, are pretty good in ensuring that that stuff's not there. But there could be slip-ups, maybe a bank report that. So you should just make sure when you're reviewing that, that these things are not included in there because they're really not used in calculating the credit score we spoke about earlier. Well, speaking of making sure those things aren't there, how often do you need to check your credit report, Mike? Uh, well, I mean, you should be checking it at least once a year. So, I mean... Uh need, uh, maybe not the right word, but you should at least be checking once a year. I, I would tell a person, you know, if, um, if they're applying for credit uh, over a short period of time, which they really shouldn't be doing, but if they are, they should perhaps be checking a little bit more frequently because each time they do, you got to understand Equifax and TransUnion, what gets reported to them is from institutions. Right. So it okay. comes to them from the institution and then they are updating the report accordingly. So at least once a year, you should be um, applying to get your credit report and you can do it for free. And again, as I mentioned earlier, very important detail and Equifax and TransUnion will tell you, you know, if you visit their website, that not every lender institution um, or whoever it may be that reports is reporting to both. Some report to Equifax. Okay. 
and some reports TransUnion. So anytime you pull your credit report from one, you should be pulling it from the other because you may find information okay. on one that isn't on the other. Just something to keep in mind is when you are pulling your credit report from either Equifax or TransUnion, because it is free, if you're using the free function, mm -hmm. you won't get a score. You're just getting your, your credit report and all the information that we went over that you would typically find on it. Okay, and Elon, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, so uh, just to add to what Mike's saying, checking it once a year, um, I sort of do the analogy to your personal health. You go to a doctor once a year to check your vital signs, your blood yep. pressure, everything like that. And this is the same thing, right? And as I say, what you don't check cannot be fixed. So if it's you're true. not checking it and the issues or something's being reported that shouldn't be reporting, there's a lot of stuff out there regarding fraud. So if you're not checking it, it could sit there forever and then it becomes more and more difficult to correct it and fix it. So definitely um, something you should be looking at. And as Mike was saying, there are multiple ways of checking it through free options, um, which I think we're going to jump into. But TransUnion, from what I've just seen in a recent ad article, is allowing people in Quebec to check their credit score online for free. And Equifax have just launched a thing where you can also check it for free online right now. So due to the current circumstances, it's a great option they've put out there for individuals. And Mike, you wanted to add something? Uh, yeah, just to add, um, for people who want to sort of keep a better pulse on their credit, they there are credit monitoring programs. So through okay. Equifax and TransUnion and others as well. But I mean, if you're gonna, you know, use one of these programs, I always recommend you you go to the source, which should be Equifax and TransUnion, and they'll actually update you on a monthly basis. So if anything gets reported, they'll tell you, and then you can review it to make sure it's accurate. But just in general, you get a monthly update. There's a fee involved through Equifax or TransUnion, whereas other uh, organizations might not charge a fee for that type of update, like for example, through your credit card provider or you know bank, etc. But it is an option. People should be aware uh, that there is the credit monitoring option. Now, I've always been under the impression that when you check your credit score, you're hurting your credit score. So if I keep checking monthly, am I not affecting my credit score, Mike? Uh, so if you are checking your own, so you're pulling your own credit um, or you are checking your own credit score, it will not in any way affect or lower uh, or have any impact on your credit score, period of any kind. And really, when you're talking about this, you should be talking about a soft hit or a soft inquiry versus a hard hit or a hard inquiry. So what you are okay. doing as an individual, checking your own credit, uh, pulling your own credit report or checking your own credit score is a soft inquiry. You're not applying for credit. Just like you're getting a okay. sort of a pulse on your credit. And for that reason, it does not impact your score. Okay. And so then what's a hard hit? Elon? So a hard hit is when you're doing the application. So you're applying for a loan, a credit card, um, applying for rent to lease a motor vehicle. Those are when you're giving the creditors permission to actually go into your account and inquire on it. That becomes a hard and recorded hit as to um, you're looking for credit. And the more you do it, the more it could impact your credit score. So you want to make sure that um, you're not running from 10, 15 financial institutions to do these things because that presents the possibility that you could be a risk looking for too much credit. Go ahead, Mike, you had something to add? Yeah, uh, so just something to keep in mind because this has come up um, in Equifax and TransUnion, they have good articles on this. Um, if you are applying for um, a, a very specific type of credit, so like a mortgage or a car loan, 
if you're doing multiple inquiries over a short period of time uh, and you work with the lender and Equifax to identify that, uh, they won't have like the same impact it would if you had applied for, you know, like three credit cards in one month because they know you're applying okay. for the purpose of shopping for the best rate. And very specifically, um, Equifax has dates that I think it's 14 to 45 days. If you're searching for a specific type of loan within that period, they won't hold all of those hard hits or hard inquiries against you. So something important to keep in mind if you are looking for that type of credit product. And thank you for bringing that up because actually my husband and I just went through that. We were renewing our mortgage and we didn't know if we wanted to stay with the bank we were with and we did not know that information. So we uh, applied for, an, I guess, a new mortgage with another company and then an, another another bank came up with a lower rate and we're like, oh no, we already used our credit hit over here. So it's great information to have because then we would have been able to mm-hmm. kind of play. We thought it was going to hurt our credit. So thank you for adding that because a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're reviewing your credit report, what should you be looking for? Like, what are some red flags? Like, and are there habits that can hurt your credit score, Mike? Uh, well, first thing to look for, and it's actually unfortunately very common, is for uh, inaccuracies. So, and I mean, there are inaccuracies where it's a mistake on the part of an institution you've actually borrowed from, or perhaps information was lost in uh, transition or translation between the lender and the credit reporting agency. But it's regularly the case for people I work with that there are inaccuracies on their credit. And so, again, you got to check both because you may find an inaccuracy on one that isn't on the other, or you may find one that's on both. Um, Now, other than that, you may actually find things that are suspicious, as in a debt shows up you never borrowed, uh, or something that may be fraudulent. So you have to look for mistakes, whether it be uh, just a genuine mistake or an inaccuracy or something um, that is fraudulent or suspicious. So that's the first thing. That's little to do with your behavior or your history, but it's common, so I bring it up first. So uh, there are factors that make up your score, um, and the two major factors are your your credit uh, payment history. So you, you know, things like, are you missing your bill payments? Um, how many bill payments have you missed? And you need to understand if you do miss a payment, it gets recorded even if you make that payment up. So, you know, the rating might climb back up, but the fact that you missed the payment will be there for a certain number of years. Um, Equifax and TransUnion have their own rules on that, but typically derogatory or negative information will hang around for six years. So you got to make sure, yeah, it's, it's lengthy. And now again, you know, a lender, like if you have caught up those payments, it may be fairly uh, immaterial to them that four years ago for a month you missed a payment, but it will still be there as the point and it factors into your score. So um, are you missing bill payments? Um, are you missing multiple um, bill payments as in are they you know regularly late? One of the big factors, and I used to, I, I don't say it so much anymore because people are just, there's so much information about your credit report and credit score online. A lot, a lot of people who come to me are more educated than they've ever been. But um, if you do have a collection item uh, on your credit, it is really a story of the one bad apple spoiling the bunch. And so this is mm-hmm. something you very carefully have to look for. If you do find something like that and it's not an inaccuracy and it's not fraudulent and it is truly the case that you fell behind, it's gone to collections, you should work on getting that resolved as quickly as possible. The fact that it went to collections will remain on your credit, but the balance will go to zero and it will slightly improve how that all impacts um, your credit. That actually happened to me. I uh, I got a I got a 
ticket for not having my insurance. Well, I had it. I couldn't find it in my car. I was flustered and I couldn't find my wallet with my license in it. So I got a ticket for it. And I was told, you know, just fight it. Cause I, he's like, the police officer's like, I know it's in here somewhere. <laughs> and he's like, you know, just, just go fight it and get it thrown out. I did, but we moved in the meantime. And so I went and changed my driver's license because my court date hadn't come up. I changed my driver's license thinking this is how they're going to find me for the court date. And I never thought about it again. And because I never got the court date, I thought, oh, maybe the officer just kind of threw it out on his own because I, I provided my ID when I booked the court date. Turns out that was not the case. And it was sitting in collections. I had no idea. Um, and you have to change your license with the court, not your your address with the court, not your driver's license. And I asked everybody, like, did anybody know this? And they're like, no. So even like tickets you don't even realize could be sitting in collections. And they had an old phone number for me. <laughs> like it was just such a bad situation. So I ended up there without even realizing it. And it was such a small amount that I ended up paying it right away. I mean, it's crazy how that could happen. But ha speaking of that now, how does somebody get um, bad information or inaccurate information off of their uh, credit report, Elon? So really, it's speaking to and being in contact with the two credit bureaus. Um, no one can really do that for you on your behalf. You need to contact them. And if there's issues that you're disputing, you've got to lodge a dispute with them. And they will investigate and look into that. If there's confirmation of these disputes, then they will take that off. If uh, there is no confirmation or it's, they're unable to prove it, it could be a little bit more difficult, but it's really just being in contact and once again, reviewing your report on an annual basis at a minimum, uh, being on top of these things sooner rather than later, because as we said, the longer you let these things sit and fester, the more difficult it is, first of all, to prove that it's not you or you didn't incur that transaction and then to have them removed and as Mike said earlier, we don't want to have these things sitting around on your report for six, seven years, especially if it's something you didn't uh, initiate. Mm -hmm. And what about credit, using credit, like your available credit and how much are you, you're using? Does that affect your credit score? Elon? Yeah, generally, um, the rule of thumb is they don't want you going above 30% of your credit limit. So if you're sitting at the high, let's assume you've got a credit limit of $5,000 and every month you're sitting at $4,500 of the amount you've used, you start becoming more risky to them and their perception is your ability or inability to repay the debt could get more and more difficult. So the rule of thumb is keeping your credit limit down to at least 30% of the available credit that you have. And Mike? Yeah, so I just, um, I wanted to sort of, I don't want to go into too much history, but earlier I wanted to sort of just discuss the factors that make up your score, but not in too, too much um, detail. But we, <laughs> we, we talked, ultimately, if you're listening to this podcast and you have questions about how utilization gets calculated or how your score gets calculated, you can always reach out to a licensed insolvency trustee from BDO in your local region. But 
in general, you've got things like payment history. So as Elon mentioned, your, your debt to credit ratio, your credit utilization, and those are the two major factors. Between the two of them, they're, they're impacting about 65% of your score. So you, you really got to focus on those. And that's why the credit utilization is paramount because you could accidentally without realizing it. And really nobody should be carrying a balance if they can avoid it. But if you are carrying a balance, mm -hmm. it should never, as Elon said, be above that 30%. But in addition to the payment history, the credit utilization, there's also the length of the, the history. So how long you've had your credit products, the, the mix of credit products. And again, we can get into that in another chat or perhaps later in the uh, in the podcast. And then there's the number of inquiries. So those are kind of the, the five factors that make up your credit score for anybody who's wondering. So, so, so yes. sorry, just to jump in there, um, those are, yeah, the, um, how the two TransUnion and Equifax have put out there what they calculate as the impact to your credit. What everybody needs to realize and what we always have when people come into our offices um, on their free initial consultation is my credit score is fantastic. I looked at my TransUnion, mm -hmm. I looked at my Equifax and my credit score, I'm a good payer, I'm a regular payer. The banks, the finance institutions have their own algorithms or metrics for calculating these things. So you may see a 650 score, the bank has their own permutation of that and they may calculate 500, they may calculate 700. So that number you always see is not the carved in stone, it's how they've calculated it. So you've got to be aware that you may even be able to walk into a bank based on your score being a little lower than you think it is, but the bank may do a calculation and say, no, no, we'll approve you for a loan or you qualify. So you've got to take those into account. This is a guideline and not mm -hmm. what your real health is, but everything sort of plays together when looking at your credit and your credit worthiness. Yeah, Mike? Yeah, so yeah, and just to add to that again, and, and there's so much on this, so we could really just keep adding to it. But, um, <laughs> you know, Equifax and TransUnion even themselves talk about how there are various scoring models is what they call them. Okay. And so you might get uh, a score from an online provider that is wildly different from what Equifax provides. And you can walk into the bank with those and the bank may still decide not to lend to you. For example, you could have a great credit score, but your debts are like really high. So you're making all your payment history on time. All the, all the various factors of your credit score are excellent, except for the fact that your debts are maxed out. So you might have a score above 650, as Elon says, but you know, you're maxed out. The bank's not interested in lending to you. So just to, just to add to the fact that there are various scoring models and it's even recognized by the credit reporting agencies directly themselves. So thank you. That, that's all, that is really helpful. That's a lot of good information. <laughs> um, so we've talked about Equifax and TransUnion and what makes up your score. But, you know, what you guys do is you help people with their debt issues who are struggling. So how does all of this fit in? Like, how does this remain? How long does a consumer proposal or a personal bankruptcy affect your credit file or your credit report? Mike? Or Elon, actually, Elon, yeah, go ahead. So um, <laughs> from a consumer proposal and a bankruptcy point of view, the two credit bureaus, TransUnion and Equifax, are sort of aligned there, the, the time frame. It used to be different, and recently uh, they've both caught up with each other. And for a bankruptcy, it's typically seven years that it stays on your, your bureau. A consumer proposal gets a bit confusing the way you explain it, but it's to a maximum of six years. If you do okay. a five-year proposal, it's on your bureau for an additional year. However, you do a proposal and you pay it off in your first year, it's on for three years from the date of payment. 
So um, okay. it stays in there. The one thing I always explain to uh, individuals when we're meeting with them, uh, the banks did a fantastic thing for proving this to individuals where you look at your bank statement and they've got this little box on there at the bottom says, if you keep doing what you're doing, paying your minimum payments will take you 45 years and five months to mm-hmm. basically pay off the debt, which really theoretically means your credit's going to be effective for that long. So a consumer proposal on a bankruptcy ultimately may be the quickest and the best way for you to uh, rebuild your credit in a shorter time frame than continuing doing what you're doing and really having no difference in the result. Mike? Uh, yeah, so just um, because there are two reporting agencies, just to get um, particular about it. So Equifax will report your bankruptcy uh, for six years from the discharge date. Uh, whereas TransUnion will report it for seven years. I don't know why they have uh, different dates, but they do. <laughs> yeah. And something to keep in mind is if you are filing a second bankruptcy, both bankruptcies will appear on your credit for 14 years from their respective discharge dates. So there is, oh, wow. there is, it does accumulate like the damage when you are filing multiple bankruptcies. Whereas with a consumer proposal, as Elon um, aptly pointed out, it's a maximum of six years or three years from the date of completion period full stop and thankfully now mm-hmm. finally equifax and transunion are have like some uniformity in this whereas in the past they didn't so we'd have to provide you know multiple explanations on how that works well that was the first part of our two-part series stay tuned for part two of our conversation when we cover what you need to know about building good credit and rebuilding credit after a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal If you're looking for more financial wellness podcasts, videos, debt management resources, and tools, visit our website, debtsolutions.bdo.ca. And remember, we are here to help you turn the page on debt. Your next chapter is waiting.